Good morning, beautiful friends. It's Wednesday morning. It's Kathleen De La Hunt, and it's Let's Chat. I would love to just open in prayer, and then I'm going to be talking to you today about what God's laid on my heart. Father, I want to thank you for this incredible time that we're living in. Time when we're literally seeing the prophetic destiny of God being fulfilled. A time where all around us we are seeing the fulfillment of the last day's scriptures. We're seeing Timothy. Terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of self. We're seeing the unpacking of a form of godliness but no power. We're watching Israel, the clock that is telling us everything to come. We're living in incredibly exciting, glorious, and the Old Testament described them as terrible days. But we thank you, Father, that you never leave us. You never forsake us. You never leave us unequipped. You never leave us without anybody to look to because you've left us the Holy Spirit. We want to thank you that you've given us everything we need for this time and for this era. And so we fix our eyes on you. We fix our mind on you. We fix our vision on you. We fix our hope on you. We fix our love on you. We fix every single fiber of our being on you, almighty God, our Abba Father. We thank you, Jesus, that you are our bridegroom. We thank you, Jesus, that you're the lover of our soul. We thank you, Jesus, that you are coming back soon for your bride without spot or blemish. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you've never got tired or weary of being there, leading us, guiding us, showing us, and, and helping us with every single breath that we take. And we thank you for the incredible outpouring and the release of the angels that have been made available for those who know you and for those who love you in this time. We thank you for that in Jesus' mighty name. Friends, it's wonderful to be with you this morning. And today, what I felt God laid on my heart to share with you is understanding the difference between being predestined, being called, being chosen, what it means to be the elect, and what it means to be an overcomer. You know, friends, as I was just pondering and praying into today, I felt God say this. He said, many call themselves Christians. We are a Christian country. The statistics are between 85% and 79% Christian country. Well, if that is the truth, if so many people declare and, and, and call themselves Christian, then why is evil prevailing? Why has evil got the right to do exactly what it likes in this beautiful country if we are a Christian country? Well, I think, friends, the answer to that is many people call themselves Christian because they associated with it, they associate themselves with the teachings of Christ. And Christ means the anointed one, the smeared one, which in the New Testament means the one filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what Christian means to many people. But friends, nowhere in the Bible, nowhere does it say that Jesus is coming back for Christians. Nowhere. It says he's coming back for his bride. And it's really important that we understand what that means, friends, because the hour is late. He's standing at the door knocking. We can see everything around us as an indication that Jesus is coming back soon. You know, the earth is crying out. 
It says in, in Romans 8 that the very creation is waiting for the sons of God to liberate it and set it free. The earth is groaning, it says in, in I said Revelation, sorry, I mean Romans 8. The earth is groaning, friends. How do we know that? Earthquakes, tidal waves, freak waves, volcanoes. There is a groaning in the earth. There's all this activity happening in the earth. It is groaning. It is breaking open. It's breaking through. The oceans are responding and reacting. The weather is weird, friends. Why? Because the very creation is waiting for the sons of God to rise up and to take their place. Now, I want to talk to you today about the fact that we have been predestined, friends. And we have to understand what it means to be predestined. You know that not every time that an egg and a sperm fuse and there's a conception is life created. There are so many people that are desperately appoint, disappointed because they fall pregnant. There's the evidence of a pregnancy. But then they say, sorry, it was a blighted ovum. What does it mean to have a blighted ovum, friends? It means that there was a conception of the egg and the sperm. That there was the possibility of a baby being conceived, but no life was released into it. You know, when they do test tube babies, friends, they watch closely under an incredibly powerful microscope, which I don't remember the name now. And they wait until they see the flash of light being released into the conception of the ovum and the, and the sperm. And only then do they call it life. Friends, who releases that light? The Word of God says, Jesus said, I am the light. There's not a single life that can be created on earth. Not a single life that can be conceived on earth that does not come from heaven. Friends, the Bible tells us that God predestined us and He foreknew us. He knows exactly when He wants to release life into conception so please don't be confused we can conceive lots but he gives life now surely Kathy God's not going to give life in some of these terrible situations that we hear about and we read about rape cases and all kinds of terrible times friends you know we have to understand this our past does not reflect our future every one of us are born into a sinful world Every one of us are born into shame. Every one of us are born into a fallen, broken world. For some people, it appears to be worse than others. But friends, God knows exactly what training you need so that you can become the person he created you to be. And not everybody needs the same training. You do not train an army in a coffee shop. Friends, you train an army how to be good soldiers out in the field in the most horrendous conditions. And then, friends, depending on the type of army you're preparing for, are you preparing for the uh, uh, um, military or are you preparing for soldiers? I mean, uh, say, um, um, the sea, marine, or are you preparing for parachuters? What are you preparing them for? What type of gifting are you preparing them for? It's different training, friends. And sometimes we look at where we came from. And we think that in some way that reflects our future. No, it does not. Friends, all that was, was God allowing life to come into that situation for redemption, for glorification, for the incredible, powerful testimony of the glory of God being manifest. Because despite our past, 
Friends, we've got an incredible future, an incredible future. And the trouble is people hold on to their past. They hold on to the crippling, the rejection, the lust, the fear, the torment, the trauma of the past. And they never break free and they never grow up and they never become emotionally mature so that they can walk into their future. But your past is not there to define you. Your past was a training field for greater authority, friends. Greater authority. Yeah, but others didn't have to suffer like I did. Well, the more that you had to go through difficult times, the greater the calling on your life. Can you see that? Can you see that? Because soldiers have different type of training for greater glory. And they only choose the best for the positions of great glory in the army, friends. You cannot become a sharpshooter if you haven't gone through a specific type of training. And God needs people that have been trained for this season and this time, friends. And only he gives life. Only God gives life. And if you've got life and you are breathing, it does not matter where you've come from. It does not matter what your shame looked like. We all have shame. We all have been born into a, into a fallen world. Some families look good, but friends, good is never God. Good is never God. Good is only a standard of this world. God is without spot or blemish. That's God, friends. And we've all got a whole lot of stuff to get rid of so that we can become all that he's created us to be. Now, it says um, that we have been predestined. And predestined means to be decreed for eternity, appointed beforehand to mark out the boundaries or the limitations. That what it, that's what it means to be predestined. Decided beforehand, decreeing from eternity, appointed beforehand, and marking out the boundaries and the limitations. It says in Romans 8 verse 28 to 30, You know that in all things God works together for the good, for those that love God. That's the first thing I want you to know. He turns everything good for those who love Him. Not for everybody. For some people, they stay in their pit. Why? Because they haven't discovered their predestined purposes, friends. To them who are called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, which means he knew beforehand exactly what he was going to do in them, through them, for him. He also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son. So friends, that's the first thing. He, he knew us beforehand and he said, I have a destiny for you and I have predestined that you will be conformed into the image of my son. So the first thing is, friends, there is a conforming, there's a transforming, there is a changing and rearranging that has to happen within every one of us that we start reflecting the image of Jesus Christ. And that's what the inward flowing Holy Spirit does. Friends, I want to say this to you today. If you are part of any fellowship, any church that does not believe in the infilling power of the Holy Spirit, can I please encourage you to not listen to their doctrine? You're welcome to fellowship there. You're welcome to get the community that they offer. But you, in your own time, you ask Jesus to be filled with the Spirit. Because without being filled with the Spirit, we can never be transformed into the image and the likeness of Jesus Christ. Jesus was filled with the Spirit. So that he could reflect the fullness of the Father. And he was God. 
Friends, we have to reflect the fullness of Jesus. And that can only happen through the power of the Holy Spirit. He also predestined us to be conformed to the image of his son, that we may be the firstborn among many. Moreover, listen to this, whom he predestined, he called. Whom he called, he justified. Whom he justified, he, oh, I've just lost myself. Hang on a minute. Sorry, guys. Whom he justified, he glorified. Friends, listen to that. So he, he knew beforehand who we were meant to be. He releases our life into an egg and a, and a sperm. Then he says your background will be your training ground for your future. Then he says, I predestined you and I'm calling you. And once you've responded to the call, I'm going to render you innocent. Justified means rendered innocent as if it never was. That's what happens at the cross, friends. We are rendered innocent as if it never was. And he says who he justifies, he's going to glorify. Friends, glorified means to be restored back to our created state, to be in the fullness of what he initially intended us to be. And other scriptures tell us that in between justified and glorified, there's sanctified. What does sanctified mean? It means to be made whole mentally, friends. So I want to read it to you again. For we know that in all things, God works together for the good for those who love him. To them who he called according to his purpose. For whom he foreknew, he predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many. Moreover, whom he predestined, he called. Whom he called, he justified. Whom he justified, he glorified. So friends, we see it is a process of being made holy mentally. And that was Romans 8 verse 28 to 30. Predestined. Ephesians 1 verse 4 and 5 and verse 11 says, Accordingly, as he has chosen us in him before the foundations of the world, that we should be holy, blameless in his sight and in his love, having predestined us for adoption to sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with his good pleasure and will. Friends, you were created, predestined for God's pleasure and for God's will. Isn't that an amazing thing? You are God's pleasure. You're what makes him happy. You're what brings delight and joy into his life. When he looks at you, his heart bursts with excitement, joy. When you come into the room, he is full of joy because you are there. Isn't that the most amazing thing? I think parents can understand that when they see their children. Their heart just gets so excited to be in the presence of their children. And it's exactly the same with Abba Father, friends. You are his greatest joy. How wonderful is that? Verse 11 says, And in him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works out everything in conformity with the purposes of his will. Friends, the longer I've known my beautiful King Jesus and the longer I've known my Abba Father, the more I know he is truly in control when we surrender all. When we surrender all, he is in control of everything and he works everything to the good and he continually surprises you if you will just allow him to be in control. 
<coughs> oh, I love that old song. I surrender. I surrender. All to you, my precious Savior. I Friends, I want to encourage you. Have you surrendered all? Are you still trying to hold on? Are you still trying to be in control? Are you still riddled with fear? Are you still worrying about everything? Because I promise you, you can trust Him. When you just surrender all, you can trust Him. It says um, that, he, that He formed us in our mother's womb. Psalm 139, verse 13 and 4 to 15. He formed us in our mother's womb. We were fearfully and wonderfully made. And, and friends, every day ordained for us was written in his book before one of them came to being. It's the most beautiful thing, friends, when we understand he didn't predestine us only. He formed us in the womb when he brought that light into that conception. He formed us. Friends, the fallen world is broken. And there's brokenness, there's physical brokenness, there's emotional brokenness, there's psychological brokenness. We come into a fallen world. So where there's brokenness of any sort, it's because of the effect of a wicked, evil, demonically driven fallen world. But when we surrender and we come to know him, he starts coming into the situation and transforming and changing everything. And you know what, friends, he doesn't look for per perfection out of our flesh. He looks for holiness in our heart and in our soul. Because friends, if we were perfect, we wouldn't be a testimony. The testimony is that in your non-perfectness, you still glorify God and he can still be reflected through you in a glorious way. Because friends, every one of our lives is a testimony for the glory of God. So he formed us in our mother's womb, Psalm 139. Jeremiah 1, he's talking to Jeremiah and he says, I knew you before I formed you in the womb. I set you apart for me before you were born. I appointed you to be a prophet to the nations. Do you see the detail that God knows about our life, friends? He says about every one of us, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans for hope in the future. So what does it take, friends? It takes for us, number one. To ask Jesus to come into our life. Number two, to be filled with the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Number three, to surrender and give God control of your life. And watch Him transform, rearrange, change. Not according to your thinking, friends. We all think one way. God says, you know, in such so little bit, you have such a small vision. You know, in part, you just have a little puzzle piece. I've got a much bigger picture. So when things don't unfold the way you think they should, surrender. He's got a much bigger picture and there's much more that he wants to do. And then it goes on in Acts 17, 26. And he says, I know the exact times and places that you are to live so that some may get to know me. Friends, when we just decide, I'm not, can't cope with this trauma and I can't cope with this. I'm out of here and we keep changing and rearranging. Friends, you're stepping out of the will of God and you're going round and round in the wilderness and you wonder why everything's going wrong because you've chosen to step out of the will of God. Step back into the exact time and place that he wants you to be. 
Friends, because we're in the exact place, in this world you will have many troubles. You will have troubles in this world, even when you're in the perfect place God put you. You know, Paul said a great door of opportunity is open for me, but there are many adversities. Friends, troubles don't indicate whether you're in or out of the will of God. Peace within your soul, joy, excitement, the glory of God, the relationship with God, and watching God take control, that's what tells you you're in the fullness. God could have his people today that are in Israel in the fullness of God's plan and God's will. I've got precious friends that are in Myanmar, in a war zone, in the perfect will of God. Trouble doesn't indicate the perfect will of God. Your inner peace, your glory, your, the hand of God in your life, the manifestation of what he does in your life daily, that's the perfect will of God. We keep wanting to run away from trouble. Friends, you need trouble. We need trouble. The army needs something Every single time you want to exercise a muscle, you need something to fight against that to make it stronger. Friends, God has called us for a time such as this. So he said, those he predestined, he called. What does it mean to be called of God? Matthew 22 verse 14 says, many are called, few are chosen. It means to be invited by God so that he can discharge an office on your life. It means to be appointed it means the divine intervention. It means the salvation of God. So God gives life, then he, which he has already predestined. And he said, that's exactly the life that I want to be birthing in earth at that time for this purpose. And then friends, when that life comes along at the exact time that he needs it to be, the exact year, the exact moment, the exact time that he needs it to come forth. He starts calling us, calling us out of darkness into light, out of darkness. It's an invitation that the Holy Spirit that is brooding all over the earth starts calling us friends. And you know, most people that I know did not get saved in church, friends. Most people that had a radical salvation did not emotionally answer an altar call. They had an encounter with Jesus somewhere on their own. He ministers to people in dreams. They meet him in the most diverse situations. I had an encounter with Jesus in my bedroom all by myself. Many, many people that are radically saved meet him personally. Why? Because the Holy Spirit has been drawing you closer. But Kathy, what about those that have never had the opportunity to hear the gospel? Please don't underestimate how big our God is. He says nature itself will reveal the Almighty to him. He says the angels are in the harvest fields drawing people to him. He visits them in dreams and visions. Just look at Pilate's wife. She had a dream and had a revelation of Jesus Christ. So friends, please don't be limited by our understanding. Now his heart is that his sons will bring in more sons. That is, that's his greatest delight. But friends, when we disappoint him, please don't think that we're the only option. He said, even the rocks will cry out. So we have to understand that. So he calls us, he woos us, but he says, many are called, few are chosen, many are called. And friends, why are many called? Because he keeps inviting us, inviting us, inviting us, inviting us. But the world and the devil and the God of this world works so hard to keep people out of the kingdom of God. And then people put their eyes on other people. Friends, please don't put your eyes on somebody that calls himself a Christian. Because somebody that calls himself a Christian might just like the teachings of Jesus Christ. 
It does not for one minute mean that there are actually people that are walking in the fullness of Jesus Christ. You fix your eyes on him. That's the only example we've got. Jesus Christ. Fix your eyes on him. Fix your mind on him. Look at his face. That is our only example, friends. Please do not look at those that are living in this world, either in the process of being sanctified or don't even realize they need to be sanctified. They are not the ones we follow, friends. Then it says um, chosen. So who's chosen? Well, everyone that responds to the call. Many are called. Few are chosen. Friends, you know the, 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 the parable of the sower. If you listen to that parable, he throws out 100% of the seed. Calling, 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 calling. Three quarters of that seed is lost. Stolen. Hard ground. Bitterness. Birds steal it. The enemy steals, sends in all kinds of uh, dis distractions to steal it. Rocky uh, thorn bushes. That talks about the worries and the anxiety of this world. All of that steals us out of the kingdom of God and we end up with only one quarter. One quarter. But they will grow. It says 30-fold, 60-fold and 100-fold will grow out of them. So God knows that most of his, those called will not serve him. His heart breaks, friends, because remember, those he predestined are for his delight. But those that do serve him will reproduce 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. <clears throat> he said this in Matthew 12, Here is my servant who I have chosen, who I love, and with whom I am well pleased. Many are called, few are chosen. Those that respond and start allowing him to work in their lives, those are the chosen ones. It means those who obtain salvation, those who are picked out, who are selected, who are the favorite, who are the elect. It means to choose and to separate from. Now, friends, that's an important thing to realize. When God chooses us, he separates us from. That means your friendship circle needs to change. That means even avoiding family members that are incredibly negative and critical. Even having less time with the people that you love. So that you can have more time with the one that is the lover of your soul. Very important to know that, friends. If we do not change our circle of friends, if we do not change that which is of this world that has kept us in bondage, we will have a momentary inclination toward God and the enemy will come and steal us away. And he takes our babiness and he wants to put it in a place that he can work deeply with it. So he sets us apart. He separates us. He takes us out of the ways of this world. Until we are strong trees. Friends, you do not take a little plant a little seedling growing and put it in the storms. You put it in a safe place in a greenhouse in a little pot until that little seeding is a strong enough tree that it can take the winds. And that's exactly what God does with us, friends. When we are strong enough oak tree, an oak of righteousness, that we can take the wind and we will not be shaken, he will then let us go back there so that we can minister to and help transform them. Remember that we are called for a specific time and a specific place so that some may get to know him. So we see that in Matthew 13, if the Lord um, had not shortened these days, no one would have been saved. But for the sake of the elect whom he has chosen, he has shortened these days. So friends, when we look at the word chosen, it means elect. 
So sometimes the Bible talks about the chosen and other times it talks about the elect. And it says that the end times are going to be so troubled that if God hadn't shortened those times, that nobody would have been saved. But for the sake of the chosen or the elect, he has shortened these days. Now, friends, I really want to tell you something. I hear people saying all the time, well, the rapture is happening soon and we won't go through tribulation. We're not going to go through any tribulation. The rapture is going to happen soon. I want you to listen to the scripture. And I'm reading to you from Matthew 24, verse 29. And if you have a Bible, please follow in your Bible. Immediately after the tribulation of these days, the sun will darken, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven will be shaken. Then the Son of God, the Son of Man, will appear in the heaven. Then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. He will send his angels with great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of the earth to the other. Friends, immediately after, after, what is he talking about? Everything that Matthew 24 is talking about. Everything that Matthew 24 is talking about. Earthquakes, trouble, wars, rumors of wars, that people will run and hide. They won't know where to hide. If it happened on a Sabbath, he said it would be a terrible thing to happen on a Sabbath because he says it would be terrible for those that are mothers with babies and pregnant because they would have to run. Friends, we've just seen that happening on a Sabbath in Israel right now. They were attacked on a Sabbath. And who was attacked? Mothers and little children. Friends, I just want to say to you, don't live as if any moment now you're going to be lifted up to heaven and you're going to be free of troubles. You've been trained to be a mighty warrior. And you've been trained to stand through times of trouble. The Bible clearly says immediately after the Son of Man will present himself and we will be lifted up to him. So we've got to be very sure that we are well prepared for what's coming. Absolutely built on the rock of Jesus Christ. Unshakable. Because listen to these scriptures, friends. Matthew 13, 20, talking about the chosen, talking about the elect. If the Lord had, been sh um, had not shortened these days, no one would have been saved. For the sake of the elect whom he has chosen, he will shorten these days. Matthew 24, verse 24 to 31. Because false prophets and false messiahs will appear and deceive even the elect if it was possible. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of the trumpet and they shall gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heaven to the other. Friends, our greatest enemy today is deception. That was the enemy that stole Adam and Eve out of their Garden of Eden. That is the enemy that's coming against us, friends, to steal us out of our eternal Garden of Eden. And we have got to be so sharp not to be deceived. That is why one of the wonderful gifts of the Holy Spirit is a discerning of spirits. Test every spirit. If you are not filled with the Holy Spirit, you cannot test the spirits. And you will not know the Father's voice and you will follow every other voice that's there. Because how will media, how will we be deceived? Friends, through media, through false prophets, through false teachings, through teachings that do not come into alignment and agreement with the word of God. Friends, we, each one of us are responsible to know our word well. It does not matter what 
People believe in your church. What do you believe? What do you believe? Because he predestined you. He called you. He chose you. He's elected you. And the greatest onslaught against the elect is going to be deception. Do we understand this, friends? We have to know he's called us for a time such as this. And we were called and chosen and predestined and elected for a specific work. It says in Ephesians 2 verse 10, We are his handiwork created in Christ Jesus for good works, which he prepared in advance for us to do. Friends, why were you predestined? To be transformed into the image and likeness of Christ? To look like Christ, to be like Christ, to ooze Christ out of you in a time such as this, in a time of great chaos, darkness, confusion, in a time when darkness is so incredibly deep that people that have absolutely no compassion for people, and it said that in Timothy, they will have no love, they'll be lovers of self, they will be violent, they will be wicked. We've seen it, friends. How can any human being pick up a tiny little baby and cut its head off with no feeling at all because they are demonized, because they're driven by demons? Terrible times in the last days. But in that depth of darkness, he said, arise and shine because when the enemy comes in like a flood, I've raised a standard. What is that standard? Those that are predestined, called, chosen and elected. And they have a different life. And they overcome evil with good. They come in the opposite spirit. And they will be a light in this darkness that will be glory carriers to reveal God's glory to a hopeless, desperate people so that his harvest can come in because, friends, most of his bride is still unsaved. And you and I have, are responsible for reaching them. But, friends... There's one thing about being unsaved, being lost in darkness. There's another about thinking you're a Christian and you are lost because you don't know the truth. We have to know, friends, we are in serious days and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. And just, we call ourselves, or just because we call ourselves Christian does not mean he's coming back for you. The Bible said, Jesus talking in Matthew 7, he said, many will do these things in my name and I will say, get behind me. I don't know you. Friends, to know him is to be a worshiper. It's to be filled with the spirit. It's to get to know him personally. It's to have such an, un have to have such an unshakable walk with Jesus that it doesn't matter what other people say or do. You cannot be shaken. When the storms of life come, he goes on to say, those who are not rooted on the rock of Jesus Christ, who've not built their life on the rock of Jesus Christ, will fall. But those who built their rock lives on the rock of Jesus Christ, friends, the word, he is the word, he's the light, he's the life, he's the truth, he's everything. When you've built your life in him, you cannot be shaken. Friends, we've got to make sure that our salvation is complete. We've got to make sure, it says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. We've got to make sure that we are not fooled, that we're not blindsided, and that we're not one of those that he says, get behind me, I don't know you. 
Friends, this is a serious word because I haven't come to tickle ears, friends. The reason I live is to speak the truth of Jesus Christ and to get people raised up to become all that God's called them to be. It goes on to say that we have to be chosen, we've got to be elect, and we have to be overcomers, friends. That means to be able to conquer. That means to carry off the victory, to be victorious in Christ. I said to you, what you were born into, no matter how bad it was, was a training ground for what he's called you to do. Friends, the worse the training ground, the greater the authority in the kingdom of God. The worse the training ground, the greater the authority. How do you train a Salu Scout? How do you train those incredible people, the Marines in, in, in America, that are so deadly, so well trained, so well equipped? They are military machines in their own right. And I'm not talking about modified brains. I'm talking about in their training. Friends, we've got to be military machines. But uh, we are in the army of God, friends. It's an army of worshipping warriors. It's an army of people that are victorious, that cannot be shaken. It's an army of those who know him. It's an army of those who don't war the way this world wars. We're not warring or wrestling against flesh and blood, friends. And that's why in your prayers, please do not take sides in your prayers against people. Usher in the presence of God. God has got his hand on Israel. That's never ever going to change. Excuse me. <coughs> But God's heart weeps for people. Our prayer has to be for the innocent friends. Evil has to be annihilated. But the innocent need to be protected, need to be reached, need to be loved. And we need to pray for their salvation. And we need to pray for the innocent in this time, no matter who they are. So what is an overcomer? Christians who hold fast to their faith, even unto death. People who prevail, that is the meaning of an overcomer, friends. 1 John 2 verse 12, 13b says, I'm writing to you, young people, because you have overcome the evil one. 1 John 2 verse 14b says, God's word remains in you, and you have overcome evil. Revelations 2 verse 7b, and now all the rest are going to be from Revelations. To him that overcomes, I will give the privilege to eat from the tree of life that is in God's paradise. Now we know God's paradise is the beginning of the kingdom of heaven. We know that Paul told us that I was taken up into the third heaven, into paradise. So when it talks about eating from the tree of life in God's paradise, it's talking about being able, being able to enter in to the kingdom of God, into the paradise of God. To him who overcomes. Revelations 2 verse 11b says, He that overcomes will not be hurt by the second death. <clears throat> Revelations 2 verse 17b says, To him that overcomes, I will give from the same of the hidden manna, I will also give him a white stone. Sorry, I just need to have a drink. <coughs> to those who overcome, they will be feasting from God's manna. And friends, a white stone. In the old days, 
when people were brought before the judges of old, they had two stones in their pocket. A black stone and a white stone. They, they believed in drawing lots. Excuse me. <coughs> and so what they would do is the person would come and they would be declare what their problem is. And the judge would put his hand in the pocket and put out a stone. If it was a black stone, it said you were guilty of your charge. If it was a white stone, you would be rendered innocent. You would be free no matter what the charge was. I want to read that again. To him who overcomes, I will give him from some of the hidden manna, which is the heavenly food. I will also give him a white stone to the overcomer friend. It says in Revelations 2.26, To him that overcomes and continues to do what I have commanded to the end, I will give authority over the nations. Revelations 3 verse 5, He that overcomes will be clothed in white clothes, and I will erase, and I will never erase his name from the book of life. To him who overcomes, he will be robed in white clothes, and I will never erase his name from the book of life. Now friends, when do our names get put into the book of life? The day that we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. God said to the overcomers, I will never erase your name from the book of life. Friends, do you understand that for those who are not overcomers, their names are going to be erased from the book of life? Do you understand once saved, always saved is not a true gospel message? We accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. We are saved. We are being saved through the power of sanctification, being made holy mentally. And we will be saved when we get taken up to be with our Father. You work out your salvation with fear and trembling. You are predestined. You are called. You are chosen. You're known as the elect. But if you're not an overcomer, even the overcomers will be deceived if it was possible, he said. Friends, this is a clear word to you today. Where are you at in your walk with Jesus Christ? Where are you at? Have you allowed him to transform you? Or did you get saved and you've never moved one inch? Are you still holding on to your old ways? Are you still thinking the way you used to think? Are you still having the same moods? Are you still having the same attitude? Are you still gossiping? Are you still listening to every bit of doctrine of man that's out there? Or have you established your powerful, unshakable walk with Jesus Christ? That even if you're the only one there, you will not be shaken. Have you done that, friends? This is an urgent cry because if you have not done that, if you're not an overcomer, if you are deceived, even the elect will be deceived. Jesus said he's got to cut it short or there'll be nobody left to go with him, friends. He that overcomes will be clothed in white clothes. That means gets a robe of righteousness. Friends, the garment of salvation, which is the blood of Jesus, allows us to enter into paradise and we can eat from the, the trees for the healing of the nations. But we have to be clothed in white, white robes, the robe of righteousness. It says that in Isaiah 61, the garment of salvation and the robe of righteousness to be able to enter into the throne room to be with Abba Father. To him who overcomes, they will be clothed with white clothes and I will never erase their name from the Lamb's book of life. Revelation 3 verse 12 says, he that overcomes will be a pillar in the temple of our God. Revelation 3 verse 21 says, To him that overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne, 
just as I have overcame and sat down with my father on his throne. Friends, are you sure that you're an overcomer? If you're not, we have incredibly beautiful time that our father has given us. Allow the Holy Spirit to fill you more and more and more every day. Learn to be a worshipper that can shift the atmospheres of your home, that can shift the atmospheres of your streets, of your towns. Usher in the kingdom of heaven. You are the open heaven. Where you go, the open heaven is because the Spirit of God is within you. Friends, you are filled with the Spirit of God. You are filled with the kingdom of God. Righteousness, peace, and joy. The kingdom of heaven is within you. Where you go, the kingdom of heaven is, friends. You can transform every situation because you are present. You are going to have many troubles. Are you going to stand? Are you going to believe him? Have you surrendered or are you still trying to control your life and everybody around you and everything around you? Because friends, he just steps back and says, you do it until you're ready to allow me. Won't you give Jesus the wheel and say, Jesus, you're in control. And that means, friends, that in every situation, you come to him first, not last. Are you feeling sick? Go to Jesus before you go to the doctor. Are you having financial troubles? Go to Jesus before you get a credit card or a loan. Are you battling because you're heartbroken about something? Go to Jesus before you go to a psychologist and a psychiatrist. Friends, when he becomes our first resort and not our last resort, we will learn to become overcomers. But if we always put Jesus at the back as a last resort, help, then friends, all he ever is, he's only ever going to be a plaster, but he's never going to be the purpose and the reason that you live. The reason I live is to worship you. You know, he created Adam and Eve to worship him. He said to Moses, get the people out of Egypt so that they can worship me. He said to the woman, Jesus said to the woman at the well, that a time is coming and has now come when the Father will look for worshippers that will worship Him in spirit and truth. Why worshippers? Because our greatest weapon of warfare, friends, is worship. When you don't know what to do and the world is crumbling and you're under attack, worship. When you don't know what to do because you see war everywhere else, worship. Friends, worship, worship, worship. Because, friends, it's our greatest weapon of warfare. And then out of worship, go and help others. Friends, be in the fullness of the hand of God, no matter where that is. He knows the exact times and the exact places that you are to be so that some may get to know him. Friends, it's all about him. You have been predestined. You were all called. How do you know you were called? Because you wouldn't even be interested in God if he didn't call you. He chose you the moment you responded to him. He's been preparing you to be the elect. But he says, even the elect will fall away. Become an overcomer, friends, that cannot be shaken, rooted on the rock, full of the Holy Spirit, standing in glory, a light, a glory carrier, Isaiah 60. Become the person that he knew beforehand you could be so that you can be glorified, so that he can be glorified, and so that the world around you can see Jesus in this hour. The very creation is crying out for the sons of God to be made manifest. Friends, the sons of God are any one of us, any one of us that have truly surrendered and allowed him to do what he needs to do so that your life 
can be his delight, his joy, his pleasure and bring glory and others will be drawn to your light. God bless you, friends. I trust this has been helpful. I trust that you have seen with, with fresh and newer eyes and, 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 and a revelation of what God is saying. And I pray for just such a touch of the Holy Spirit to absolutely empower you as you spend time worshipping Him today. Remember, we are not led by fear, but we are led by love. God bless you until we meet again. Goodbye.